0: So today, I want to deliver a message today. I don't even, it, the Lord wouldn't even let me put it into a sermon. He just said, I want you to deliver a message. And he spoken into my heart. It he began speaking it in, last Tuesday, and it stayed in my spirit, stayed in my spirit. And last night, I was trying to come up with notes for it. And he said, no, I don't even want you to take notes for it. Just get up and just, just speak it out. Someone needs to hear this today. So if you're here, and you just need to hear a word from God, just receive this today. And this is the word. Uh, my apologies to Kate, who's, who was a college teacher for many, many years on, on this uh, grammatical uh, example of how not to speak English, but you ain't seen nothing yet. I say, well, if God was going to give you a message, he would use correct English. <laughs> well, my question is, who, who was the authority that decided that this was going to be correct English over here? Did God tell you that was correct English? Maybe God can say anything he wants to say, right? He used a donkey, right, to speak to Balaam. He's still using donkeys today to speak the Word of God every Sunday. How about that? I'll let you interpret that however you want to. You let the Spirit just translate that for you however you want. But you you ain't seen nothing yet. Um, The wonderful thing about God's presence is there was a time that his presence dwelt in a mobile tabernacle in the wilderness, and and God gave Moses the dimensions on how to build this exotic tent, basically, this tabernacle. And so wherever they traveled in the wilderness during that forty years between Egypt and the Promised Land, they would set it up. And He told them how to build the Ark of the Covenant. You guys remember Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and all that? Well, that that was Moses built that. And and he would they would, annually they would sacrifice they would sacrifice the calf and, and, and take the blood, the innocent blood, and, and they, would, they would pour it on the mercy seat, which was a little platform in between both angels, and the Shekinah glory or the presence of God would come and, and lap up that blood, and, and all the sins would be rolled ahead for another year. They were, they were kind of pushing their sins ahead on credit, right? It didn't eliminate the sins. It just pushed it away. They got a loan, until Jesus came was the the final ultimate sacrifice, and when he said it is finished, he meant it. In other words, it he was the sacrifice for every sin that was ever committed, ever had been committed, ever will be committed. There needs not be any more sacrifice. The presence of God dwelt there in that tabernacle. Then once once they got into the promised land and the kingdom began to to build, all of a sudden they they David brought the ark had been the ark of the covenant hey somebody somebody's getting visitation this morning <laughs> the ark of the covenant uh was captured and if you remember david wound up bringing it back in to israel and he put it in a big giant tent so everybody had access to it and then and then solomon came along and built this grand temple to god and and so at that point uh the ark of the covenant the glory of god resided back uh, back in the, the Holy of Holies, they called it. It was, a, it was a, a closet back in the back that was covered by a veil. And, and so the priests would have to go back in there and, and, and do all the rituals, all that stuff. So, so the presence of God. But if you wanted to go experience the presence of God, you always had to go to the temple. You always had to go to the temple. Then Jesus came along with this whole message that the kingdom of, the kingdom of God is near. And he sends the comforter back. When he leaves, he sends the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Now the presence of God dwells in temples, but not in structures made by man, but structures made by God. All of us. We are the temple of the Lord. Matter of fact, Paul, Paul actually said one time he was having to reprimand some churches because they were just doing some crazy things and not living very morally. And he said, know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you are the temple of God. We are the temple of God. So if you want to experience God, you don't have to show up here. We love it when you show up here, but you don't have to. If you want to experience the presence of God, you can experience it right wherever you're at, wherever you go. We get to carry the presence of God in us because of the Holy Spirit. So that being said, I want everyone to say this. I am the temple of God. God. All right, let's talk about temples real quick because this is the word that God gave me on Tuesday Haggai hey chapter 2 verse 9 nobody preaches from Haggai hey anymore we got to give some Haggai hey some love right let's give some Haggai hey, hey a little love this 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 prophet says the future glory of this temple i want everyone to point at yourself and say this temple the future glory of your temple this temple will be greater than its past glory says the lord of heaven's army what is god's god saying the future of you your temple what you are about is going to be greater than anything you have experienced in the past and in this place everyone say this place (laughs) i will bring peace i the lord of heaven's armies have spoken Someone hear that today, because there's someone who feels like you've experienced the greatest part of your life, and you're kind of having to coast until it's all done, or maybe you've seen your glory days, or maybe God used you in a great way in the past, and you've not experienced that since, or maybe you're past your prime or there's been some devastating things happen to you, some crippling things take place in your life, and, and, and that, that you'll, never, you'll never get to live as good as you once lived. You'll never get to experience the peace and the happiness and the joy and the anointing you once encountered. But God is saying to, to us today as a family, no, no, that, that, the, that the future glory, what he has in store for you, is far greater than anything he has done in the past. Someone hear that today. That what he is planning to do with you will exceed anything you've ever encountered. If you think God used you great in the past, guess what? You ain't seen nothing yet. If you think that God did something mighty in your life before, you ain't seen nothing yet. The Bible said that he is able to do exceeding and above all we have ever asked or hoped for. That word exceedingly, I love it. God has a habit of breaking a record in your life and setting a bar. And then he'll sit back and say, are you impressed with that? Watch this, I'm going to exceed that. So however God has blessed you in the past, whatever he's done for you once in your life, he's going to impress you even more. He's going he's gonna to outdo himself once again. He's going to set a new record in your life. So how's he going to do it? I have no clue. That's the wonderful thing about it. So I've been waiting on him to bless me all these years. He blesses you every day. You just got to be open to it. You got to keep your eyes open. You got to find the things to be grateful for. The last, The last 30 days, the Lord has had me write, get up every morning during my time with him. He's had me write down 10 things that I'm grateful for every day, something new, 10 things for the last 30 days. So today I, I wrote the 300th thing that I'm grateful for and, I, and, and I've got it as a Google document. So I'm sitting there on my tablet scrolling through this list of 300 things in my life that I'm grateful for. That's pretty powerful. What right do I have to whine and complain about things? Man, i got 300 things I've just listed off in the last month. That's pretty wild. What is, it, what is it doing for me? It lets me know he's doing something exceedingly above and beyond anything he's ever done in my life. That the future glory of this temple, say, oh, I was young. Boy, I used to be able to run. I used to be able to do all kinds of stuff. I used to be able to stretch. I used to be able to touch my toes. I used to be, used to be able to, you know... Has anyone gotten to that age where you almost sound like wildlife when you're putting on your shoes? You know? <laughs> uh, you know. So I used to be able to do all that. Listen, I don't care what stage you are in life. What God has in store for you, for this church, for this family, for this fellowship, is far greater than anything else. So, you, well, I've been wounded. I've been hurt. I know it. Life is hard. Life is messy. Life gets uncontrollable at times, but I don't care what has happened. I don't care what situation it is. You're going to encounter peace again. You're going to encounter joy once again. You're going to encounter favor once again. Matter of fact, it says, and in which place? This place. What place is that? I don't know. What place are you at right now? Do you understand what I'm facing? Do you understand what I've gone through? Do you understand what's happened in my life? I don't know what this place is for you, but whatever this place is, with all of its circumstances, with all of its challenges, with all of its hardships, with all of its discouragements, he's going to give you peace right in this place. I didn't say it. The Lord of Heaven's Army said it. That takes a lot of pressure off me today. This is on God. <laughs> the future of this temple is greater than anything he's done in the past with this temple. Someone hear that. Someone hear that. Matter of fact, he goes on to say, in Jeremiah, we're just leveling on the prophets today. We're letting the prophets still speak. Aren't you, isn't that awesome about the anointed prophecy of the Lord? The Lord can speak a word that applies to a people 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, and here it is 4,000 years later, and he can still take that same word and apply it right to your life today. That's some powerful stuff. The word of God is like a multifaceted jewel, just depending on how the light wants to hit it, you see all kinds of things in it, you know, right? He says, for I know the plans I have for you. God's got some plans for each and every one of you. And they're plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future, and to give you hope. Say, ah, man, I've messed up so much in my life, I bet God's ready to get me. Oh, God's already got you. Where did he get you? He got you on the cross. The Bible says that the wrath, the fullness of the wrath of God was poured out on the cross. That means that when Jesus was nailed to the cross, any wrath, any anger, any, any frustration that he would have felt toward you, he came off the top rope and landed right on Jesus. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, There you go. Now I'm, pre- I'm, I'm preaching Mark's language now. He, that's, he's my fellow wrestling fan. One of these days I'm going to come out and preach in a Ric Flair robe and a Ric Flair wig or something. Maybe that will be the most anointed Mark thinks I've ever been. But God God poured everything. So what does that mean? Guess what? As much as it will mess up a lot of people's theology and get them angry that God's not mad at them, God's got to be mad at me. Don't take that away from me. No, guess what? God's not mad at you today. Why? Because all of his wrath was poured out on the cross. So he's got some incredible plans for you. His plans to give you a future. There it is again. The future glory of this temple. Oh, he's got a future for you. He's got plans. Did you wake up today? That means he's got plans for you. That means he's not done with you. There's someone you've got to bless today. There's someone you've got to love. There's someone you've got to impact today. Why? Because you woke up. You don't get to live on this planet just for you. You've got to live because you've got to be a blessing to someone, right? To give you a future and to give you hope. And and this place... God's going to give you peace. Right in the midst of the circumstances. David said he prepares a table before my enemies. When, I got, when it seems like the enemy is pouring all around me and got me surrounded, God shows up with a Greg Grimes style buffet. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? That we have a God that loves you that much. That when we're panicking, he just doesn't seem to be in a panic. He's got it all under control somehow. His ways are above our ways. There's Sometimes I don't understand how he's got it under control. But he does. And he works it out. Why? Because he's got a plan for you. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. The Lord reminded me of this word this morning uh, when when I was just talking with him and and, and getting ready for, for service today. Some of you find yourself like Moses. You know, Moses... Was, was put in charge of leading the, the people out of Egypt into the Promised Land. And he gets over by Mount Sinai. And, and God says, I want you to gather all the people. Originally, actually, God originally said, I want to talk to all the people. So gather them together. And when God starts showing up and talking, there's lots of pyrotechnics and clouds and booming stuff. And the people said, no, 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 no. Moses, why don't you go talk to God? And then you come back and tell us what he said to you, because that's wigging us out a little bit. But his desire was to talk to everyone. And yet, churches have that same mindset. People don't want to hear God for themselves. They want to show up and have a preacher tell them what God's saying. Well, no, God wants to talk to every one of you individually on a daily basis, constantly. Trust me, God is talking. I say it all the time. God's talking, and he doesn't shut up. He'll wake you up in the middle of the night if you let him. So, so Moses goes on. He goes, all right, tell the people just to stay at the base of, base of the mountain and he calls Moses up higher, and he says, I want to talk to you. I've got some things to talk to you about. So Moses answers this call to come up higher. Have any of you ever felt that in your life? You felt God tug your heart, and you say, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move into this new era. I'm going to move into this new chapter. I'm going to take a step of faith. This is awesome. God's calling me up higher, and the Bible says that Moses went up on the mountain, and it says that the that the cloud of glory, the presence of God descended on the mountain like a cloud, right? And it says, and, and for six days, he sat for six days, and on the seventh day, God spoke. It's a really simple verse, and it, you, you'd almost glaze over it. Moses goes up on the mountain, the cloud descends for six days, and on the seventh day, God spoke. And we all go, woo, seventh day, the seventh day. Well, the, the number seven has all the spiritual significance, and it does. It's the number of completion. It's the number of God. You can find it repeated all throughout the Bible. Six is the number of man. That means in order to get to where God's going to speak, you've got to get through your own flesh, your own, your own humanity. You've got to get over yourself sometimes and let him speak. But this is what I want to point out. God answer, or Moses answers the call of God. Goes up higher. Can you imagine how excited he was? God has personally asked me to come up in conference with him. This is incredible. He's going to instruct me. There's going to be some incredible revelation for my life. Man, it's going to be blown, blown my mind. And all of a sudden he goes up on the mountain. And God shows up as a fog. And for six days... Moses sat in the fog. Could you imagine how confused he was? (laughs) I thought you called me up higher. I can't see a thing. I can't even find direction. I don't even know which way is right or left. You know? What in the world are my people doing down there? I hear them making all kind of a ruckus. For six days, Moses sat in the fog. And that's where some of you are today. Some of you have said in the fog. You're like, Lord, I thought I was obedient to you. I thought I've done everything you asked me to do. I took the step of faith, and all of a sudden, you nothing. I, I don't even know what direction I'm supposed to go. I'm in the fog. And what the Lord is wanting someone to know is your seventh day is here. He's going to begin to speak to someone even this week. Even today, someone's going to start finding some direction in your life. Someone's going to start hearing them. Someone's going to start finding your footing. And man, when God started talking, he talked. Man, he filled up the rest of that book. He went on to the next book, filled it up. Man, he gave him a big, long, detailed law of how to govern this new society. God had some major plans, just like he has for you. He's got plans to prosper you and to give you hope. He's not planning to swatch you, smack you, curse you, press his thumb on you stomp you? No. The future glory that you get to see for your own life is going to be greater than anything he's done in the past. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what your circumstances are. You're still going to reflect the kingdom of God to someone in a greater way than you ever have. The mission never changes. Our mission to go make disciples of all men, to baptize, to bring people closer to God, to reflect Christ to people. The terrain changes quite often. Everything is transient in life. Life changes, but the mission remains the same. And if he empowered you in the past with your past terrain, he'll empower you today for your current terrain. Let's all stand. So that's the message for today. You ain't seen nothing yet. If you think God's used you in an incredible way, uh, he's just getting started. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you would love us enough to just encourage us and speak into our hearts. Holy Spirit, take this word and apply it individually to every unique circumstance and situation that we face within our individual lives. Apply it to us corporately as a family, as a church. Lord, we just glorify you. We magnify you. We thank you because you are our God. You're the God that not only cleanses us of our sins, but you also heal us of our disease, your word says. If there's anyone here today that you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life, I want to invite you to do so. We don't want to make a big spectacle or a show of it. But if you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, or maybe you're saying, you know what, man, I haven't walked with God in a lot of years, and I really need to recommit my life. I want you to pray this. It's not a magical prayer. It's just a prayer that just kind of helps us to focus. Matter of fact, I want everyone in this room to pray it. We're going to pray it along with you. Everyone repeat after me. Father God, I confess that you are my creator, but also confess that I'm a sinner. I've made a mess of the life you've given me. I ask for forgiveness today. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, I confess that you were buried and that you rose again on the third day. Make me new. Wash me clean. I give my life to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before anyone looks around, has anyone prayed that prayer for the first time? Or maybe you recommitted your life to God today. want you to raise your hand. We want to celebrate with you. Amen. Amen. Can we just give them a hand clap of praise before we go into this last song? Let's just worship one last time as a family.